is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your smackdown and aew rampage host show for february 11 2022 i am your host jd from new york and this is the ots venue thank you guys for joining me on your friday nights wherever you may be i wish i was in bed I wish I was under my covers, in my pajamas, under the warmth of my blankets, with my head on my fluffy pillow. Instead, I have to sit here and talk about SmackDown, man. I'm, I'm telling you right now, you guys, you guys know exactly how I describe SmackDown every single week. It is legitimately... It is legitimately the one WWE show that is absolutely missable every single week. I would even rank NXT above SmackDown as far as going out of your way to watch NXT more so than SmackDown. I don't believe I'm going to say this next thing. I would even take Monday Night Raw as must-see television over SmackDown. SmackDown is terrible. I don't know what they did to SmackDown. SmackDown cannot stay afloat with Roman Reigns and Ronda Rousey for the duration of 2022. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Tonight's SmackDown was largely, and I mean largely, missable. Nothing happened on the show up until about maybe 940. Probably a little bit before that. Naomi and Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This was one hell of a match, man. And I don't really come on here on a weekly basis and praise Charlotte Flair for any any reason whatsoever. But man, oh man, does Charlotte and Naomi, they really work well together, man. They, They really, really work well together. And they put on a great main event tonight. It was probably the only thing that was worth your time on SmackDown for two hours for the SmackDown Women's Championship. New Orleans was hot. They were ready for Naomi to take that championship off of Charlotte Flair. We, the smart fans, knew that was not going to happen tonight. I don't know why it would ever happen. And... I truly believe if WWE wanted to go with Naomi... And have her win the Royal Rumble and then have her go to WrestleMania and then have her win the SmackDown Women's Championship. 
That would have been one of the best case scenarios for WWE all year. Honestly. Tonight, it showed one thing as far as Naomi and Charlotte. And it's the fact that Naomi is a long-time, long-tenured WWE roster member. She's incredibly over. People want to see her. People want to cheer for her. And sadly, she will never, ever get to that point of winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. WWE obviously has to go for Ronda Rousey winning the Royal Rumble and then main eventing WrestleMania. I get it. Naomi is not going to sell out AT&T Stadium. I get it. Naomi's not going to be a mega draw like Ronda Rousey. But how fucking pitiful is it that Naomi put on the best match of her career tonight in New Orleans against Charlotte Flair and probably will not factor into anything championship-related at WrestleMania. I guarantee you right now, mark my words, mark it on the calendar, when Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey finally take shape, Naomi and Charlotte is going to be more of an exciting match than Ronda and Charlotte at WrestleMania. I don't think Ronda and Charlotte are going to get half of the reaction that Naomi and Charlotte got tonight in New Orleans. And it's very pitiful. It's very pathetic. It's very sad that WWE just doesn't go with their born and bred talent. They don't go for the ones that have put in the work and put in the time and have gotten over the ones that are clearly fan favorites, the ones that have not gotten an opportunity, they don't go with their own. They always seek help outside of the WWE because they are afraid. And let's be real, they don't know how to create new talent. Naomi got those reactions tonight and WWE went deaf. They didn't hear it. And if they did... They don't care. Naomi deserves a lot of credit for the work she's put in. Charlotte brought out a great match in her tonight. And I don't understand why Naomi is getting shafted going into WrestleMania. I pitched it well before the Royal Rumble. I pitched it well before the Royal Rumble. Naomi winning the the Royal Rumble and then winning the title at WrestleMania. That's what I would have done. Then you can continue whatever they got to do with Sonya. It doesn't need to be every week. You could have had Naomi and Sonya battle it out for the SmackDown Women's Championship, but they always got to go with the Rondas and the Charlottes and the Beckys. It's the same shit every fucking week. The crowd reaction tonight was a reaction of, we want Naomi. We want somebody other than Charlotte Flair. We want somebody other than Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey is fucking boring. Boring. There's nothing appealing about Ronda Rousey. Nothing. And here we are with one of the WWE full-time women's wrestlers getting shafted. How long her push will be, how long of her WWE WrestleMania season is going to last, how much opportunity is she going to get, I don't know. I don't know. From the reports, WWE is booking a tag team match. WWE is booking Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville 
against Ronda Rousey and Naomi at Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. Seems like a decent match to me that ties up two of the women's feuds on SmackDown. But I don't really know what that does for Naomi or Sonya Deville. Does Naomi and Sonya Deville last till WrestleMania? Do they have the final blow-off at WrestleMania? It's great for Naomi. Teaming with Ronda Rousey, that's a great thing. She didn't, she didn't get that opportunity in Ronda's first run. And this is really why Ronda should be back, to help those that WWE didn't really give opportunity to. She worked with Alexa. She even worked with Nia Jax. She worked with Becky. She worked with Asuka. Or not really Asuka. She worked with Becky, Charlotte, Sasha. Everybody wanted her to work with Asuka around Survivor Series. That did not happen. Maybe this second run we get Ronda versus Asuka on SmackDown. But it, seeming, it seemingly looks like that WWE is going with Ronda helping Naomi possibly go over Sonya. So I am okay with that. That's exactly what I would be using Ronda Rousey for. I wouldn't be putting championships on her. I would use her for the remaining name value that she does have to help the likes of a Naomi and a Sonya Deville. What WWE does after that, that's where I have a problem giving a shit now because I know WWE is not going to follow through. They never follow through. Just look at Ronda Rousey's first WWE run. What did WWE do after Ronda left? They killed the fucking division. Nothing about that division was ever the same when Ronda Rousey left. They wanted to play good when Ronda was there, and then they went right back to creating a shit women's division as soon as she went back home. So spare me the, oh my God, I'm excited. Spare me the excitement about Ronda Rousey and Naomi teaming up. It's good on paper. It's good in theory. Is it going to be good in WWE's execution? Probably not. It never is. But Naomi and Charlotte had a great match tonight on SmackDown. Roman Reigns and Goldberg. WWE is giving us this unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime match in Saudi Arabia that nobody gives a shit about. Hopefully this is Bill's last hoorah. Go back to the garage, Bill. I heard you have a ton of oil changes to take care of. Nobody wants to see Bill Goldberg. Nobody wants to see Roman Reigns waste his time on somebody like Bill Goldberg. But we're getting it at Saudi Arabia. We're getting it at the Elimination Chamber. Will WWE do the unthinkable? Will WWE put the Universal Championship on Bill Goldberg before WrestleMania? If you are a betting man, you're probably going with Roman Reigns. But if you are a betting man, you are taking this bet at a great risk. Bill is usually Superman in February. Look at what he did to Kevin Owens in February. Look at what he did to Bray Wyatt, the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Rumor has it that the Fiend's remains are still buried in the deserts of Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Never to be found again. Will Bill pull off the hat trick against Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber and take the WWE Universal Championship into WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar? Or maybe they do the bully Ray thing. 
Maybe he knew something that we didn't. Maybe Bill beats Roman only to drop it the next Friday on SmackDown to create some intrigue going into WrestleMania season. That would be one of the most putrid creative decisions that Bruce Prichard had ever come up with, if that is the case. Roman Reigns should win decisively. Roman Reigns should win single-handedly. And Roman Reigns should retire Bill Goldberg. No questions asked. What was one of the last matches that Bill had? It was against Bobby Lashley, right? That shit sucked. The match in Saudi was all right. It was a lot better than their SummerSlam match. Rewind back to the Royal Rumble. Bill Goldberg wrestled Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. How long did that match last? What was it, four minutes? Bill lasted four minutes with Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. There is absolutely no, no logical reasoning why this match should go longer than four minutes. Get out of here. Go back to Georgia and go change a fucking tire or three. Bill, nobody gives a shit about you. Roman Reigns is going to run through Bill and then go through Brock and then he's going to be the longest reigning universal champion of all time. AEW side of things, Jay White, he showed up on Rampage tonight, not really doing much of anything. He did a Blade Runner to Trent Beretta. And they have a match next week. He will be officially debuting next week for AEW in-ring on Rampage. Young Bucks and Rapungi Vice had a great tag team match tonight. Britt Baker was in action against Robin Renegade. That, may, that, that name may not sound familiar to you guys, but tonight I was very impressed with Robin Renegade and what she brought to the table on AEW Rampage. The Gun Club also brought a lot that I liked to the table. They went up against and challenged the Jurassic Express for the AW Tag Team Championships. Very good match. The Gun Club was dressed to impress tonight, man. They reminded me very much of old school, early 90s, heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Love that throwback on the Gun Club tonight. And they delivered a great main event with the Jurassic Express. And Rampage was a very fun one hour of professional wrestling, man. I really enjoyed what they brought to the table tonight. And we will go over that as well on the podcast. This is Off the Scripts. This is your SmackDown and AEW Rampage coverage for Friday, February 11th, 2022. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. We are so close, guys. So close to 131,000 subscribers. We are legitimately 140 away from that great milestone, man. The channel continues to grow on a weekly basis, and it's all thanks to you guys. So make sure you guys go and hit that subscribe button. Social media is also the best way to keep up with everything that's happening on the channel. So follow me on Twitter and Instagram if you guys are in the social media realms. Hit that thumbs up. I see 436 likes on the live stream chat. Why? We need 1,000 minimum. 
a thousand minimum tonight on the live stream. There's 1,600 people here, man. There's no reason why it shouldn't be a thousand likes. Helps out the video, man. It's the best way to support the video. Click the thumbs up. Another great way to do that is get your super chats in. We'll hang out. We'll read the super chats at the end of the show, man. The bar is rocking and rolling. Otis is over there taking care of business. Jesse's fucking making tacos and serving drinks at the same fucking time. Issa's still in Puerto Rico. I got a fucking chaotic mess on my hands, bro. So go get your drink. Go get your beverages. They're ice cold. Get your super chats in. And we'll hang out at the end of the show and read through them all. Off the Script 412 went live today. At 3 p.m. on the channel, we talked about Keith Lee and his amazing AEW debut and the hypocritical wrestling community that made themselves look like a bunch of fucking idiots. The wrestling community on Twitter exposed themselves as being half-witted fucking morons. And I love it. And I called each and every one of them out today on Off The Scripts. Went over Keith Lee's debut, what it means for Tony Khan, what it means for AEW, and why you should shut the fuck up as far as Keith Lee debuting with AEW is concerned. Also, Shane McMahon, he's out of WrestleMania plans. Who's in? WWE wanted a new major attraction for WrestleMania to fill in for Shane McMahon. Nobody knows who it is, but I give my thoughts and opinions on who that could possibly be replacing Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Make sure you guys go and check out the t-shirt shop, man. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off The Scripts. And go and support my sponsor for today's show, man. Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20. You're going to save 20% off and get free shipping. Right in time for Valentine's Day, bro. Leave it up to Manscaped to make you look and feel your best, bro. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20. Make sure you guys hit them up for some great stuff. And I want to thank them, as always, for supporting the podcast right here on Off The Scripts. Let's start with SmackDown, man. SmackDown started off with Sonya Deville in the ring. No Roman Reigns, no Goldberg, no Charlotte, no Naomi. It was Sonya Deville in the ring. She's got her arm in a sling, thanks to Ronda Rousey in the armbar last week. Deville addresses this Ronda Rousey attack from last week. She says people like Rousey and Naomi have no respect for WWE authority. She doesn't care if you're Ronda Rousey, Naomi, or anyone on the roster. There will be consequences for your actions, says Sonya Deville. She says she petitioned to WWE upper management today for them to fine Ronda Rousey $100,000 and suspend her indefinitely. This goes into effect Immediately, Adam Pierce walks out and he's got a cell phone in her in his hand and he tells her in the ring, listen, I know you're out there in the ring tonight. You haven't been checking your emails all day, but I got an email directly to you and I want you to be notified of this directly to you 
from the chairman of the board, Mr. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon has responded to Sonia Deville's petition to suspend and fine Ronda Rousey. He ruled that Deville has been taking matters into her own hands and abusing her power on SmackDown, and he cannot stand an official that abuses their power, so the petition is declined. DeVille also must face the consequences of her actions. She cannot lay her hands on Naomi this evening as she challenges Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. If DeVille disobeys Vince in any way, her job will seriously be in jeopardy. Naomi then comes out, starts taunting Sonya Deville for having a new one ripped by her boss. She also points out how Vince's email said nothing about Naomi being unable to put her hands on Deville. So Naomi takes it upon herself to slap Sonya Deville in the face. Sonya orders security to get Naomi out of the ring, but Naomi continues to taunt Sonya Deville. So that was pretty much the groundwork for what we saw at the end of the show. I don't really care about Naomi and Sonya Deville anymore. I don't care about Sonya and this issue with Ronda Rousey. I don't really care about any of this. There's a, a very difficult, it's a very difficult situation for me to actually care about. I haven't cared about Naomi and Sonya Deville in a very long time. It started off fresh, new, exciting, and it looked like it was going to be a decent feud from the start. Then WWE kind of did this thing where they didn't know where to go with it. They did the same thing week in and week out. They didn't really have any plans for it to end. It almost felt like WWE didn't know how to end it. It just dragged on for months and months and months. There were several different occasions where WWE could have ended this. One of them being the one that I pitched with Naomi and Sonya Deville in the Royal Rumble having a more prominent role in the Royal Rumble. With Naomi winning the Royal Rumble, going on to WrestleMania, overcoming Sonya and winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's how you build new stars. WWE always has these situations presented in front of them and they never take it opportunities to make somebody a bigger star that's actively been there every single week. They realize now that WWE, they need women's wrestlers on SmackDown. I guarantee you, and I don't mean this in any negative way towards Naomi, if WWE had a fuller women's division on SmackDown, Naomi would not have been been pushed or been given more of an opportunity like you are seeing right now on the roster, or on SmackDown. That's just the way I feel. If WWE had a more fuller women's division, I don't think we'd be seeing much of Naomi. But the fact that WWE doesn't have anybody else outside of these women, and then when you get past these women, it's Zia Lee and Natalia and Aaliyah. Sasha Banks doesn't have much of a role on this show going into the Elimination Chamber. I hope that changes going into WrestleMania. We don't know where Bailey's going to come back. We don't know where Asuka's going to come back. We don't know where Lacey Evans is going to come back. I hope she doesn't come back at all. She sucks. But Naomi is being given an opportunity. Enjoy it while it lasts. I don't think it's going to last a very long time. 
but she's doing the best work of her career. I will say that. In ring, Naomi is doing the best work of her career. And I'd like to see more of her. I just don't care about this Sonya storyline anymore. I don't. It's nice that she's getting a somewhat of a rub from Ronda Rousey. It's great. It's nice that she's been in there with Charlotte Flair to prove that she could really go and kind of shove it down WWE's throat. But the thing is, it's great to see this. Is WWE going to follow up on Naomi? That's the part I want everybody to really hang on to. Is WWE going to follow through with Naomi? After all of this is over, after WrestleMania season is over, is Naomi going to have a substantial role on the show. If history is our guide, the answer is no. So you have to excuse me and my hesitant attitude towards Naomi. It's great. WWE hasn't given me me, me any reason to fucking trust them at all when it comes to people that we genuinely want to see on television. So this pretty much set up what we saw in the main event. Michael Cole and Corey Graves were the commentators on SmackDown tonight. Pat McAfee was not there. I don't know what he's doing and why he missed the show. I'm assuming it's Super Bowl related. So that's all I know. Maybe. I don't know if they said anything on SmackDown tonight. I was late turning on the show. And then when I turned on the show, I seen Corey Graves on my television. If anybody in the chat wants to give us a reason as to why Pat McAfee wasn't on the show, I'm guessing it's maybe Super Bowl related. So we will talk about that at some other point when we have more information on why he was not on the show. New Day versus Los Lotharios. That is Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Los Lotharios, man. What did I say last week? What did I say last week? It's almost as if Bruce Pritchard is watching the show. Bruce, are you watching the show, bro? Don't let me find out you're watching the show, man. Stealing my ideas, all right? Taking clues from the podcast and taking ideas from the podcast and applying them to SmackDown, you fucking red-faced fat slob. Don't let me find out, okay? I said last week about Los Lotharios. They're great. They look like a tag team, right? They're cousins. But what is the whole thing with Los Lotharios? What is it? Why haven't we seen a vignette? Why haven't we seen some extension of a gimmick, a promo, something? Why are they Los Lotharios? Because they're fucking Mexicans? Because they're pretty boy Mexicans. Let's call them Los Lotharios, right? The most generic fucking gimmick you could give two guys that look like Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, right? Ridiculous. I said we need to bring out their charisma. We need to hear from them. I tune into SmackDown tonight. They're cutting a promo backstage. We tune into SmackDown tonight. WWE... Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon gave these guys a kiss cam gimmick. The last time I seen a kiss cam, I believe it may have been with Tammy Sitch back during the Attitude Era of WWE. She did that whole kiss cam, I believe. 
Or, or if you go to a fucking baseball game, they do the kiss cams during the seventh inning stretch where you got some fucking geek who's throwing cracker jacks in his face and his fucking obviously attractive girlfriend, you know, obviously attractive girlfriend. Then we question his fans. What the fuck is he doing with her? How the fuck did he get somebody like that? And we continue to make fun of how fat he is, right? And then we see the kiss cam with the hot girl kissing the fat slob in the seventh inning stretch of a baseball game as he's stuffing six hot dogs down his fucking face and he's got mustard dribbling down his fucking goatee. They gave Los Lotharios a kiss cam gimmick. Oh, Great Kali did it, right? Now everybody in the chat saying Great Kali did it as well. Yes, because Great Kali and kiss cam go hand in hand, right? <laughs> Great Kali, right? It's the one thing that people know about Great Kali. He had a fucking kiss cam gimmick. They gave these guys a kiss cam. They had the most generic looking Latina woman in the crowd. And she bends over in the front row over the barricade. And these two guys, hesitant to go kiss her on the cheek, double kissed her on the cheek like the young bucks would do to Adam Cole. I would rate her maybe a, a, a 5 out of 10. Angel Garza and Humberto can do better. Recycled gimmicks. This is what Bruce is known for. Bruce, recycled gimmick, Pritchard. It's great. Don't let me find out you're watching the show, Bruce. Don't let me find out, man. I asked for something, and this week we get it, man. That's just not a coincidence, Bruce. You fucking fat slob. New day. They beat Los Lotharios last week. They beat Los Lotharios last week, man. Where are all the Big E supporters out there, man? <laughs> oh, my God, Big E. Big E deserves better, man. He should be WWE champion. Right? All these fucking people out there crying that Big E got moved to SmackDown for no reason and placed in a tag team to feud with Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, right? Where are all these people crying about Big E? They won last week. This week, it was 50-50 booking, man. Right down the middle. 50-50 booking. This was a fun match. Last week's match was fun. It went eight minutes last week, eight or nine minutes. But this week's match was just as fun. Imagine, imagine, Bruce, if you had four more teams on SmackDown, we'd actually have a fucking tag team division where you wouldn't have to do 50-50 booking, man. You could put Los Lotharios against another team, get them some wins, New Day against another team, get them some wins. Maybe at the end of the month, maybe at a pay-per-view. They're fighting for a tag team championship or blow off of a big feud where both teams are fucking winning. And then we have one winner and one loser. 50-50 booking sucks, Bruce. You fucking ghoul. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. 
They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we got this match. Very fun. I will say it was very fun. We got Los Lotharios beating the New Day in 10 minutes. New Day had the early advantage here. The Lotharios took over quickly. They took Kofi Kingston, isolated him in their corner of the ring. Kingston fought back. Biggie then hit a big splash on Humberto on the apron. Angel Garza tried to get involved here, but Biggie sent him outside to the floor. Biggie launched Kingston over the top rope onto everybody outside, and that was a big dive over the top rope. We go to commercial break. Los Lotharios are back in control. Biggie recovered, caught Angel with a belly to belly. Kingston and Humberto got hot tags at the same time. Kingston went wild, sent Angel Garza outside, came up and followed with the boom drop. On Humberto. Kingston then went for trouble in paradise. Humberto avoided it. Big E and Kingston went for midnight hour. Angel Garza attacked Kingston. Kingston caught Angel with a hurricanrana off the apron. New Day then hit a powerbomb double foot stomp on Humberto for a very close near fall. We got Lotharios in control. Angel hit a moonsault to the floor on Big E. Humberto hit a moonsault on Kingston in the ring for a near fall. Kingston fought back, caught Humberto with a trouble in paradise. Kingston went for a sunset flip, but Angel reversed and rolled him up for the fluke victory. And Los Lotharios get their win back from last week. They beat the New Day. So much for Big E, huh? He was WWE champion about six weeks ago. Now he's getting losses. Losing to Humberto Carrillo and Angel. They cut my name in half, Garza. It's great. Big E in the fucking mud. You love to see it. All the fucking people crying. What happened? Why are you crying? You're lucky you got a Big E title run in the first place. Be happy with what they gave you. They didn't do it to please you. They did it to push a fucking agenda. Then they rightfully took it off of him when they realized that they could not sustain Monday Night Raw with a 1-5 rating as Big E as WWE uh, or as Big E was WWE champion. It was never going to happen. Big E was sacrificed to the Lesnar gods because that's what WWE needs going into WrestleMania. Do I like seeing Big E get shafted? No. I would have loved to see Big E as WWE champion. Obviously, when the time was right. The time wasn't right. WWE fucking blew through it. They blew through it. They busted their load in about five seconds. And then they were unhappy and dissatisfied with their fucking effort. I'm sorry. 
If you didn't give him the WWE Championship when you gave him the WWE Championship, none of this would have fucking happened. Cry me a fucking river, social media. Go back and cry about something else. I want to see the complaints when Bray Wyatt was WWE Champion for what? 40 days? Remember that? I didn't hear one fucking peep about Bray Wyatt losing the WWE Championship when he did to Randy Orton, only for Randy Orton to drop it to Jinder Mahal, who fucking basically killed SmackDown. I didn't hear a fucking peep. Now, but we all want to cry about Big E being the WWE Champion for 100 days. Go fuck yourselves. Seriously. What a crock of shit. This is what you're worrying about in today's world. Big E's not the WWE champion. Oh, my goodness. Let me start some narrative on social media. Maybe they'll notice. Go fuck yourself, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Social media and you fucking people in the community. Absolutely sicken me to no end. 50-50 booking. Who gets over here, Bruce? Who gets over? Are Los Lotharios over? No. Is Big E and Kofi Kingston over? Yeah, because they are who they are. But nobody looks good here. Nobody looks good here. I'm sorry. What a waste of my fucking time. We need winners and we need losers. We don't need, we don't need 50-50 fucking booking. Get some more fucking tag teams and then this wouldn't be a fucking problem. Megan Morantz tried to interview the Viking Raiders in the back. They were attacked by Jimmy and Jay Uso. These are the other two tag teams in the division. We've seen the entire division in these two segments on SmackDown. That's all there is. Viking Raiders, Usos. We got Los Lotharios on the New Day. That's all of the SmackDown tag team division. Usos attack them and beat them down. The Usos take Eric and Ivar's Viking headgear and walk away with it. Maybe they went to go play Assassin's Creed afterwards and really wanted to engulf themselves in the environment, man. I don't fucking know. What is with Bruce Pritchard, man? First, Baron Corbin gets his crown stolen. Then uh, all this other shit happened. Who got something stolen on Monday Night Raw? Well, wasn't something stolen on Monday Night Raw around the same time? Right? What was stolen on Monday Night Raw at the same time Baron Corbin's crown got stolen from Shinsuke Nakamura? Now we got... The Usos stealing the Viking Raiders' helmets. Is Bruce telling us something that we shouldn't know? He steals our fucking time and effort and energy every single fucking week. That's what Bruce Pritchard does. Into the next segment, Roman Reigns. Sit down interview with Michael Cole. Yes, the egg. The egg was stolen, right? Yeah, the egg was stolen on SmackDown because Austin Theory wanted to impress Vince McMahon. What is it with Bruce stealing shit? The Money in the Bank briefcase as well. Yeah, yeah, the Money in the Bank briefcase was stolen. Miz stole that, didn't he? Give me a break, man. Or Baron Corbin stole Big E's briefcase or whatever the fuck it was, right? Because he was depressed about everything happening to him. What is with this guy? Drew's sword got stolen. My soul got stolen, right? My fucking precious hours of sleep are stolen every single week. My time on Destiny that I could be given to the fucking game before the Witch Queen is stolen thanks to Bruce Pritchard. You fucking ghoul, Bruce Pritchard. The Viking Raiders got their heads or their helmets stolen. Michael calls backstage with Paul Heyman and they are about to have a sit-down interview with Roman Reigns. Cole brings up 
WWE Hall of Famer, a man that nobody wants to see ever again, the most overrated man in the history of the business, Bill Goldberg. You guys know what time it is. I got to say it. This may be the last time I get to say it. This may be the last time we see Bill Goldberg on television. I'm going to take a sip of my cold beverage, and then I want everybody to utter those glorious words to me in the chat. Hashtag you know what, okay? Three, two, one. Fuck Bill Goldberg. They're talking about Bill Goldberg. What he did in WCW was historic. 173 straight wins. 173 and 0. Rain says, well, if I were in WCW, everyone would still be winning because WCW would be in business still. He said if he was in WCW, everybody would be winning because WCW would still be in business. Roman is great. Michael Colin asks about Bill Goldberg being the champion twice before, including when he dominated Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series in 2016. What a fucking shit show that was. I remember that. I did not want to be reminded of that. That was awful. Reigns laughed at Goldberg and Lesnar and said he's tired of talking about Brock Lesnar. Reigns says no one cares about Goldberg being a two-time Universal Champion because... He's here now, and he's the greatest universal champion of all time. And if Goldberg came back here right now, he'd get smacked in the face. Cole then asks if there's added pressure for the WWE Elimination Chamber match against Goldberg as it was nixed from WrestleMania two years ago. Reigns says no, not at all, because all the pressure is on Goldberg. He says Goldberg may have had a chance two years ago, But now everything is different. The world has changed. Reigns is untouchable. Reigns is going to smash Goldberg. Snaps his fingers and Heyman warns that what we are about to hear is a spoiler, not a prediction. Reigns then looks into the camera and says, and I quote, he is going to Goldberg, Bill Goldberg. That is the end of the segment. He's going to Goldberg, Bill Goldberg. That could mean a variety of things. He's going to jackhammer Goldberg. He's going to spear Goldberg. He's going to bury Bill Goldberg, just like Bill Goldberg does to everybody else in the month of February that steps in the ring with him. Bury Bill Goldberg. I hope so. I hope Bill Goldberg retires, and we never hear or see of Bill Goldberg ever again. Knowing WWE and their very, very minuscule list of legends that are still capable of wrestling, Bill Goldberg may very well sign on for another three years, and we may get another eight matches out of Bill Goldberg, and I will continue for the next three years, continue to say, fuck Bill Goldberg. I wish I could get it on a shirt, but nobody would wear it. Aaliyah. Versus Natalia. This match has happened four weeks in a row. Four. Four weeks in a row. Aaliyah beat Natalia in three seconds. Three 
seconds. They made merchandise out of it. And then this thing just kept going on and on and on and on. And who the fuck cares? Does Aaliyah feel any different compared to when she first showed up? Can you imagine being Aaliyah? She's probably thrilled. She was in the Royal Rumble. She's on SmackDown. Great. The only thing you've seen as far as your WWE fishbowl is Natalia. God, don't envy Aaliyah, anybody. That is just awful. That sounds terrible. So we got another match with these two. This match really didn't do much of anything for me because another match, Bruce, another match. I don't care. Aren't we supposed to care about the people that are on TV and the people that are wrestling every single week? How the fuck can you genuinely say you care about Aaliyah when there's been nothing going on that is remotely interesting between Aaliyah and Natalia? I don't get it. So, Aaliyah fought back quickly right at the start. Aaliyah was throwing kisses at Natalia, taunting her. Natalia gained control of this match, hit a Michi Noku driver for a near fall. Aaliyah started to make a small comeback, hit a Thez press. She followed up with a bulldog, goes for a two count, gets a near fall. Aaliyah briefly locked in a half Boston crab. Natalia escaped. And then we go right to the finish here. Natalia locked on the sharpshooter. Aaliyah made it to the ropes. But this was a no DQ match. And you can't grab the ropes in a no DQ match to break a submission hold. So Aaliyah was forced to tap out. Great. You give Aaliyah three fluke victories over Natalia. And then in the one match that she should, of all of them, win, you have her tap out to Natalia's finishing move and wipe away everything that you built up up until this point and then make Aaliyah, in the eyes of the fans, look like a fucking quitter, look like a fucking loser. Great. Goodbye, Aaliyah. I hope you enjoy catering because now Natalia is probably going to be feuding with Zia Lee. She came out. Ha <laughs> Lee comes out, right? She comes out. No nunchucks, no lightning, no fucking Chung Lee maneuvers, right? No uh, no lightning kick from Zia Lee. No Hadouken, nothing. She comes running out, and then all of a sudden, she starts beating up Natalia. So I'm assuming this is the next feud on SmackDown outside of the main program in the women's division. Where's my pillow? Where is my pillow and melatonin? I don't care. Crowd had absolutely no fucking reaction to Zia Lee. You want to know why the crowd had no reaction in New Orleans to Zia Lee? Because she's on TV once and then takes the next six weeks off. Nobody knows who the fuck Zia Lee is, man. You want to see Zia Lee? Go play Street Fighter, man. Character select. Chung Lee. Vega. Fight. That's what they think of Zia Lee. Give me a fucking break. Complete garbage. The Rock. Yes, that Rock, Dwayne. There was a beautiful video package for Black History Month 
where he did a video narration for his father, Rocky Johnson, celebrating Black History Month. This was excellent. This is where WWE really shines, man. I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Fans at the end of it were chanting Rocky in New Orleans. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn had another insane segment. Had his little podcast set up in the middle of the ring. His guest hosts or his guests on Inzane were Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Before this talk show segment, because everybody's got to get a fucking talk show segment, Johnny Knoxville was filmed visiting the new WWE pop-up store in Los Angeles. He walked in. It looks bare bones. It looks like shit in this pop-up shop. If I was in LA, I'd visit it. If I go to WrestleMania next year, I probably would visit it just to see what the fuck it's about. Pop-up store in Los Angeles, and he tossed some of Sami Zayn's merchandise into a wood chipper. He went over to a big portrait of Sami Zayn and took a big red or a pink marker and wrote loser on it. Do they have any photos of Bruce in this pop-up shop? I'd love to do the same thing, though I'd get arrested because I'm not an F-list fucking movie star like Johnny Knoxville. So he puts all of Sami Zayn's merchandise in a wood chipper. He's wearing a mock United States championship or a replica United States championship around his waist. Maybe this is the star attraction. That WrestleVotes was talking about for WrestleMania. They replaced Shane McMahon with Johnny Knoxville. Maybe they do Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Certainly seems like that's where it's going. Certainly feels like it to me, right? Sami Zayn, by the way, won the Intercontinental Championship in a taping after SmackDown went off the air. SmackDown's taped next week. They're finally doing something of logic. They're not sending a live taping or a live crew to tape SmackDown and then immediately fly to Saudi Arabia after the show is over. They're taping tonight, and they gave the SmackDown and Raw crews off all week. Look at that. WWE is doing right by their roster, man. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that Bruce had a fucking brain, right? Oh, my goodness. So Sami Zayn's merchandise went into this wood chipper, and Sami Zayn's watching this on the big screen, Sammy says he's not even going to dignify that because Johnny Knoxville spent too much time getting his, getting his head beat in and getting into his head. He needs to focus back on his WWE Intercontinental title, and he wants it back. So Sammy welcomes us to Inzane. Out comes Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Boogs and Nakamura interrupt Sammy Zayn immediately. So they go to the ring. And they sit down. Sammy is shocked that Nakamura showed up because he's been ducking him as the number one contender for weeks. But next week, they face off for the title. Here's the spoiler. Sammy Zayn wins the title. Sammy accuses Nakamura of secretly working for Knoxville. And he's working with Knoxville to distract Sammy Zayn. Nakamura then... Sammy Zayn. Nakamura asks if he saw the movie. Sammy says, no, I was thrown off the jackass forever red carpet, so no, I did not see the movie. Nakamura says, no, the movie they are making next week called called Jackass Defeated. Nakamura says, no, the movie is a joke. 
Boogs then loves the joke. Sammy is not pleased at all. Sammy used to have so much respect for Nakamura, and he had Sammy and Cesaro with him all those years ago, and now he's got this this muscle head, Rick Boogs, looking ridiculous with his fucking electric guitar. Boogs then grabs one of the mics, and all of a sudden, he starts speaking into the microphone with his guitar near him to his chest, and it looked like it sounded like the microphone electrocuted Rick Boogs. So this might have been a setup by Sami Zayn here. Sami Zayn acted as if he was concerned for Rick Boogs. Nakamura is distracted that Boogs is hurt. And this allowed Sami to hit a haluva kick on Shinsuke Nakamura. Sami Zayn bails out of there quick. And then he's calling for some medical staff to come out and help them. Oh my goodness, in a sarcastic way, he says. They may need medical attention. So we're getting the IC title match next week, and Sami Zayn wins the Intercontinental Championship. I doubt they do anything different with Sami as champion compared to what Nakamura did with that IC title. That championship is as dead as anything in the company. I don't know why WWE killed the Intercontinental title. I don't know what they have against the IC title. But I doubt Sami Zayn does anything with that Intercontinental Championship. For all we know, Johnny Knoxville will win it at WrestleMania. And then you can bury the fucking title with all the other titles that are fucking worthless in this company. Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss, they're wrestling at Extreme, uh, no, not Extreme Rules, Elimination Chamber. Extreme Rules, Elimination Chamber, who the fuck cares? It's all the same shit. It's all fucking D-level garbage. McIntyre and Madcap Moss at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Corbin and Moss are backstage. Moss has a black eye from last week. Corbin is ready for his match tonight with Cesaro, but Moss has to sit this one out, so he has to go get his eye checked to see if he's ready for Saudi Arabia. He says maybe the doctor won't medically clear him for the Elimination Chamber match with McIntyre. So we got Cesaro versus Happy Corbin on SmackDown. This was uh, another match. This is a new match, by the way. This is something that didn't happen last week or the week before that or the week before that. This is a brand new match. They threw us a bone here tonight. So we got Happy Corbin beating Cesaro in four minutes. Yes, I did not stutter. Happy Corbin defeated Cesaro with the end of days in four minutes pretty decent for what I saw in four minutes. And they're claiming that Happy Corbin is undefeated since he turned his luck around. Keep an ear out for that one. We may be looking at Happy Corbin as the next intercontinental champion. Just throwing that one out there. We all know Baron Corbin is not undefeated, but WWE is really pushing the narrative of Happy Corbin being undefeated since he turned his luck around and became Happy Corbin. Four minutes. Cesaro deserves so much more. Another one of those guys, I don't hear all the Big E cry, right? Everybody's crying about Big E. Where are these people with that same energy for Cesaro? You don't think Cesaro deserves better, right? Shut your mouth. If it goes one way, it should go the other. Shouldn't be completely one-sided. What about Cesaro? 
He don't deserve more. He don't deserve a championship run. Fuck out of here, man. Madcap Moss, after this match was over, he was backstage in the trainer's room. And he's asking the trainer about how bad his eyesight is. Moss suggests to the doctor, listen, doc, you can't clear me. I can barely see out of this right eye. The medic gives him an eye test and says, close your eye and tell me what you see with the other one. All of a sudden, he sees Drew McIntyre's sword in his face. And he says so. I see a sword. And he looked up. He opened his eyes. And he sees Drew McIntyre. Drew pressures Moss into telling the trainer that his vision is just fine. Drew says he talked to Adam Pearce and their match at the Elimination Chamber will now be a Falls Counts Anywhere match. I guess that makes it a little bit better. They have to go this route. They have to add a Falls Count Anywhere match because they wrestled once before at day one. It was a one-on-one match. Not bad. Nobody gives a fuck about it. So for a reason of getting people invested, they're going to do Falls Count Anywhere with McIntyre and Mad Cat Moss. As long as it makes the match somewhat watchable, I'm okay with it. I don't know why we're not saving this for the following week on SmackDown. This is an unnecessary match on a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour show. Nobody gives a shit. Bill Goldberg. He was in a sit-down interview similar to Roman Reigns with Michael Cole backstage. Goldberg tells Michael Cole not to take any of this personally because he loves Michael Cole like a brother. Michael Cole says they've known each other for years, and there are whispers out there with a lot of people saying this may be one comeback too many. Whispers? Michael Cole, they're not whispers. They're fucking pleas, cries for help. They're not fucking whispers, okay? Give me a break. Goldberg says that's the problem. He's listened to some of those people in recent years, and it's taken him out of the game. But he's turned the page and no longer gives a damn what anyone thinks. I don't give a fuck what you think about me or anybody else, Bill Goldberg. You don't belong here. Get the fuck out. He's listened to these people. It's taken him out of the game. He says this comeback will be everlasting, and we'll call upon the old Goldberg we remember. I don't want to remember any fucking Goldberg. Cole brings up how Reigns said things are now much different than two years ago. Goldberg says nothing has changed. He's still the same Goldberg, and Reigns will get what he deserves, what he has coming. He's still the same Goldberg, you say. You're walking a little slower there, Bill. You're looking a little gray there, Bill. You're looking a little older, Bill. Let me see how this Goldberg is exactly the same when he can barely do half of a fucking jackhammer. And maybe he'll drop Roman on his head like he did Undertaker. Yeah, he's the same old Bill, says Goldberg. Right? Sure thing. It's finally going to happen. Cole brings up how Reigns says he will make Goldberg acknowledge him and Goldberg him. Goldberg says he's acknowledged Reigns as his next victim last week. Goldberg says when he takes the title with, off of Reigns, that Reigns will acknowledge him and he will enter WrestleMania 38 as the champion and Brock Lesnar will be next. 
As far as Bill getting Goldberged, he left and says there's only one of him. Thank God. It ain't gonna happen. And that's the way the interview ends. Damn near put me to sleep. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Move on. Is there a possibility that Bill could win it? Sure. Who the fuck knows with WWE, man? Who knows? But the logical outcome here is Roman beating Bill Goldberg no more than four minutes. Maybe I'll stretch it to five and end this guy's run. Go home. This is nothing more than an irrelevant match on the road to WrestleMania just to pad Roman Reigns' WrestleMania statistics. That's all it is. Naomi and Charlotte Flair. This was the main event of Friday Night SmackDown. Easily the best thing on the entire show. And Naomi had the best match of her entire career here with Charlotte Flair. Just to recap what I said in the open of the show, it's all about the follow-up. You can be excited for Naomi. You can be very happy for Naomi. You can be happy about the performance Naomi put on here against Charlotte Flair. And I'm not taking anything away from Charlotte Flair as well. She looked great, and she wrestled great tonight. Overrated, but she wrestled a great match with Naomi. They work very cohesively together. It's all in the follow-up. Naomi's getting some rub from Ronda. Naomi's getting some rub from Charlotte. But at the end of the day, do you truly believe WWE sees a future world championship in Naomi? No. I don't think that will ever happen. I will be shocked if that is the case. Some people are even claiming Naomi's going to be added to the SmackDown women's match at WrestleMania to make it a triple threat match. No. No, I would, my jaw would hit the fucking floor in shock if that was the case. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's all in the follow-up. Once Ronda is done with Charlotte and we get through WrestleMania and Naomi moves on from Sonya, that's what I want you to pay attention to. All the answers that you seek will be in that week or two after Mania. If you don't see much of Naomi, you knew that WWE merely used her as a stepping stone for Ronda and Charlotte Flair. And that's not something I want to see happen to Naomi. You work hard. You show us how good you are. You work your ass off. You should get rewarded for it. How long does that reward last for Naomi? We will see what happens. Flair was in control early. She caught Naomi with a shoulder tackle. Flair was very cocky here. Naomi was athletic and just as cocky back. She caught Flair with a tilt-a-whirl head scissors, sent her to the floor. Naomi followed up with a twisting plancha to the outside. We go to a commercial break. Flair was in control. Naomi was coming back. She took it to Flair with some kicks to the head and a flying crossbody for a near fall. Flair took over the match again, slowed the pace down, worked her style. Flair missed a boot in the corner. Naomi kicked the leg out underneath from Charlotte Flair, hit a jawbreaker, went for a quick cover, only got a near fall. 
Charlotte Flair recovered. She took it to Naomi with some Ric Flair-esque chops. She followed up with a beautiful tilt-to-world backbreaker. She went for a cover there, only got a two-count. Naomi fought back, hit a blockbuster on Charlotte for a near fall. Flair rolled to the floor. Naomi followed her outside. Flair then took the advantage there and threw Naomi into the steel stairs to regain the control of the match. Flair again slowed the pace down, slowing the match down with that methodical style. Flair went for a second tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. Naomi reversed it into a pinfall for a near fall. Followed up with a springboard kick. She went for a cover, got a two-count. Naomi sent Flair into the middle turnbuckle. She attempted another Hurricanrana. Flair countered into a powerbomb. Two-count. Flair went for her moonsault. Naomi rolled out of the way. Flair landed on her feet, went for the standing moonsault, which looked absolutely hideous. Stop doing moonsaults! They are fucking terrible. Terrible. She stopped mid-moonsault to do a standing moonsault, and the standing moonsault looked fucking awful. Luchasaurus does a better standing moonsault than the most athletic woman in all of the land in WWE. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. Her moonsaults are fucking pure garbage. Naomi got the knees up. Naomi got the knees up. So that was that. Naomi then hit the rear view for a very close near fall. Naomi was heavily, heavily over in New Orleans. Crowd was going crazy for these near falls, man. The crowd really made the Naomi near falls seem like it could have been a new champion tonight, which was great. So shout out to New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. I'd love to go to New Orleans. So after that rear view, only got a two count, and that was it. Naomi went for a split-legged moonsault. Flair got her feet up. Naomi recovered, hit a full Nelson bomb. Another two count. Naomi then hit a split-legged moonsault. Anyway, for a near fall. The finish came when Naomi went for the rear view again, but Flair knocked her down. She was on her knees. Flair quickly transitioned into the natural selection, which is a fucking terrible finishing move. No impact whatsoever. And Charlotte Flair regains, or retains rather, the Women's Championship in a 20-minute great main event between Naomi and Charlotte Flair retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. After the match... Sonya Deville got in Naomi's face. Naomi heard enough of this from Deville. She attacked Deville. Flair jumped in to help. Ronda Rousey runs down the aisle. She sprinted down the aisle, kicked Deville. She caught Flair with some body shots. And then Flair jumped out of the ring and Ronda Rousey took Deville down with her other good arm. And then the arm bar on the good arm, but Flair... Pulled her out of the ring. Rousey and Naomi were in the ring, standing tall as SmackDown went off the air. The match between Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville teaming up against Ronda Rousey and Naomi was announced on social media after the show tonight. That will be taking place at the Elimination Chamber. Next week on SmackDown, we got a Roman Reigns and Goldberg face-to-face. Shinsuke Nakamura defends the IC title against Sami Zayn. And SmackDown was taped tonight for next week because next week is Elimination Chamber in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So there will be spoilers out there and SmackDown will be a tape show next week going 
into the elimination chamber. That was your SmackDown coverage, man. Show is shit. The show is complete garbage every single week. I don't like SmackDown at all. It is so boring to me, man. There's nothing redeeming about it. There are individuals on the show that I like. There may be a gem here and there like Naomi and Charlotte tonight. Outside that, a complete waste of everybody's time. We're going to get into the AEW Rampage post-show and live stream coverage. But I got to talk about my great friends over at Manscaped first, bro. What are you guys doing for Valentine's Day? How are you guys getting yourself ready for Valentine's Day? You're going to look your best. You're going to feel your best. You're going to smell your best. Huh? I hope so. Can't do that without Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save 20% off and get that free shipping. It's Valentine's Day, guys. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped's. They are the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. The Performance Package 4.0 is what we're aiming for here, guys. It's the one thing you guys need for this Valentine's Day. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the star attraction here. It's their electric trimmer designed to trim hair on loose skin. 4,000K LED spotlight. You guys can shave in the dark if you want. It's waterproof. It's got that advanced skin-safe technology. Also, you guys are going to get the Weed Whacker from Manscaped. It's going to get all those hairs in those pesky places, man. Ear, nose hair. It's going to whack all that shit. Get rid of it. Then they're going to throw in the anti-chafing boxer briefs. So your Cupid's arrows are going to be pretty comfortable, man, for Valentine's Day. Also, they got the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver Ball Toner deodorant for your boys this Valentine's Day so they're smelling fresh and looking right. And make sure you guys also check out their refined cologne to complement your manscape perfection and smell pretty damn good, man. Manscaped created all their products for a night like Valentine's Day and you need to actually go out there and look your best, man. Can't do that without Manscaped. Manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping. Script 20 is the code. Join Cupid and shoot your arrows this Valentine's Day with Manscaped. And I want to thank them for once again supporting Off the Script. AEW Rampage. Pretty decent show tonight, man. Rampage is the quickest one hour of pro wrestling every single week. And they are not lying about that, man. This was a very good show taped from Atlantic City on Wednesday. Opening match was the Young Bucks. They went up against Rapungi Vice. This is Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. Um, listen, and you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the stream right here because it, it genuinely, I, I, I have eyes like a fucking hawk. Nate TV in the chat. If you don't shut your fucking mouth, I want the mods to look out for Nate TV. Nate, if you don't shut your fucking mouth, I'm going to throw you out of here personally. 
Shut the fuck up and enjoy the stream. If you don't want to be here, go watch SAP and fall asleep, okay? The fuck out of here. Keep an eye out for Nate TV. I'm sick and tired of this shit. All week, I've seen it on Monday. I've seen it on Wednesday. Now I'm seeing it on Friday, man. If you're here talking shit every fucking stream, get the fuck out. Young Bucks, Rocky Romero, and Trent Beretta. Excellent tag team match to open the show. Very, very New Japan-esque. Young Bucks decided that's they wanted to go right at it early, man. Right at it early. Beretta and Nick started out. And Beretta knocked Nick out to the floor with an elbow. Romero hit Nick with a Rana off the steel steps. And sent him back into the ring after, man. Great spot there. Matt Jackson didn't do much better. Getting hit with a knee strike and clothesline for a near fall. Bucks tried to uh, go after Romero and Beretta. Two on two here. And they ended up with double clotheslines and a double knee strike. That sent both Matt and Nick out to the floor. Young Bucks decided that they uh, wanted to take it up the ramp here. And they were fighting up on the ramp with Rapongi Vice. Romero and Beretta chased them up the ramp, walked right into super kicks. And the Young Bucks ran back into the ring. And they wanted to win by countout, man. What dicks. What dicks. You gotta love Matt and Nick Jackson. So they tried for the countout. They failed. The Bucks then hit double team neck breakers on Romero, knocked Beretta to the floor with a kick to the outside. Bucks sent Romero to the floor, and Nick hit a beautiful assisted moonsault out to the floor. Orange Cassidy was distracted by the young Bucks here, so he goes and crawls underneath the ring, and the young Bucks then try and pull out somebody from underneath the ring, thinking it was Orange Cassidy. And they pulled out Dan House, and he did his little fucking thing. He cursed the Young Bucks, and then they got hit with super kicks. Goodbye. He cursed them. Back in the ring, Romero hit a neckbreaker for a near fall. And Beretta took out Matt with a half-and-half half suplex to the floor. Romero and Beretta hit Nick with a doomsday device knee strike on the floor. Speeding it up here, Beretta hit a strong zero on Matt for a near fall. Nick threw Romero into Beretta to break up the pinfall after Beretta had it won with strong zero. Matt survived the doomsday device from Romero and Beretta. Super kicked both guys. Then they hit the Meltzer driver for a near fall. The best Meltzer ever. And that went for a near fall. The Bucks then hit the BTE trigger on Romero for the pin. So that was pretty much the end of the match. And that was it. That was it. Excellent tag team match. I love the pacing of this. It was frenetic. It was frantic. It was all over the place. It was great. After the match, Cutler, he was spraying down the Young Bucks after their hard-fought victory. He then had a little stare down with Orange Cassidy, and he ate an orange punch from Orange Cassidy. The Bucks then took out Cassidy with a huge double super kick. Beretta chased off the Bucks, but Jay White ran in from the crowd and took out Beretta with a beautiful Blade Runner. And that was pretty much it, man. Jay White looks like a fucking beast. Jay White looks great, man. I'm really excited. Listen, I'm not a big New Japan guy. I've been hearing for years about Jay White. 
Jay White, Jay White, Jay White. This guy is great. He's a great heel. He's got a great style, yada, yada, yada. I, I seen one match, and it literally did not do anything for me. This was years ago. So I hope that what I see from Jay White here in AEW kind of opens me up to everything else that he's done in the past couple of years. So I'm going to be very involved. I'm going to pay very close attention to what Jay White is going to do next week on Rampage against Trent Beretta. And Rampage uh, next week is looking pretty damn good as well by what is already announced, which we'll talk about a little later. Jay White, speaking of Jay White, he will be at House of Glory tomorrow. He will be going one-on-one with our boy, Cashflow, Ken Broadway, in the co-main event. These guys wrestled about four, four and a half years ago, way back in the day. This this is when Jay White was a youngin. Before you see the Jay White you see now, Jay White was a youngin. Coming on into House of Glory, the rematch four and a half years later between Cashflow, Ken Broadway, and Jay White. It's not going to be on Fight TV tomorrow, but we're filming for Fight TV, hopefully to air the following weekend. So you guys will see Jay White in a House of Glory ring tomorrow night if you're there. And then on Fight TV, when it does air officially, I will let you guys know. But he will be in the ring against Ken Broadway tomorrow me and Silent Monster will be on the call. It's going to be fantastic. Tony Schiavone interviewed Brian Danielson in the back. I was really excited to hear from Brian Danielson here as far as what he was doing with John Moxley or what he was what he was thinking about with John Moxley. So Brian was interviewed here with Tony Schiavone. Danielson compares his offer to John Moxley to a long-term relationship. Whereas with Moxley on Dynamite with CM Punk, that was more of a one-night stand. So Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel interrupts. This leads to a Danielson-Moriarty match because Seidel took offense to Brian Danielson saying, listen, I, I respect you. Brian says he respects Matt Seidel, but Matt Seidel says, listen, I don't, I don't want you to look at me as lower than you and not as this guy's trainer. I'm training Lee Moriarty. Brian's like, no, 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 I, I respect you. You're a great wrestler. You're a great talent, yada, yada, yada. Then Lee Moriarty steps in. He's like, I don't want you guys to be talking about me as if I'm not standing right here. So Brian wants violence. Brian wants to bring out a violent side in everybody that he steps in the ring with. I don't know what he's doing with Moxley. I don't know where this is leading with Moxley. CM Punk obviously was mentioned tonight. I don't know if this is going to lead to something with CM Punk down the line. And Brian Danielson, I don't know. But he wants to bring out violence. And Brian looked at Lee Moriarty and said, that's the violence I want to see out of you. So we're getting Brian versus Lee Moriarty on Wednesday. I know a lot of you guys don't know who Lee Moriarty is. And a lot of people in the AEW crowds don't know Lee Moriarty, right? The general populace don't know Lee Moriarty. He's a great wrestler. That's all I know about him. It's going to be a great wrestling match. He's wrestled Punk and Brian. 
in the span of two or three months. So he's got to be on cloud nine. Good for him. Let's see if he makes anything out of it. He's going to be in the ring with Brian. Hopefully he could elevate himself even more so being in the ring with probably the best in the world right now. Britt Baker. She went one-on-one tonight against Robin Renegade. I had no idea who Robin Renegade is. I didn't know who she was before this. All I heard, and I heard this from Jesse, too, my co-host on Wednesday nights. I heard about the Renegade twins or the Renegade sisters. I believe the other one's name is Charlotte. Charlotte Renegade, and this is Robin Renegade, right? If If I'm not mistaken here. Robin Renegade has two years of in-ring experience. Robin Renegade kind of surprised me tonight. Robin Renegade moves around the ring better than most of the women that we see on Dark and most of the women that you actually see in an AEW ring. For two years' experience, I was very pleased with what I saw. And if she is that far along now... Imagine what she's going to be in another year or or another two years. She impressed the hell out of me, man. She actually moves around the ring better than Jade Cargill. Now, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but she moves around the ring better than Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill hasn't been doing this for two years. So that's that. But she moves around the ring better than most. Which is great for two years. Britt Baker... I mean, what could we say that hasn't been said about Britt Baker? Fucking star. She owns the camera every time she's on. She just emits stardom when she's on screen. Renegade hit a shotgun drop kick. Baker was in control for a little bit. Renegade comes back with a shotgun drop kick. Frog splash, which looked pretty decent. Baker escaped a suplex attempt by Renegade with a gator roll followed up by a super kick. Baker hit an elbow strike, fisherman's neck breaker, curb stomp. That was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. After the match was over, Baker applied the lockjaw. She put on the glove. And Thunder Rosa ran down to make the save. Rosa and Baker got into it tonight. Fists were flying. Mostly from Thunder Rosa. I was envisioning Jesse being in... Britt Baker's position, position as Thunder Rosa was raining elbows and fists down on Britt Baker. Jamie Hayter comes out and saves Britt Baker. Mercedes Martinez is out there, saves Britt Baker. They're beating down Thunder Rosa. Then they got into an argument with themselves, which was separated then by Britt Baker. So Britt Baker has Mercedes Martinez out for blood here against Thunder Rosa. Jamie Hayter wants to take out Thunder Rosa. Something is going to go wrong here. Something is going to go wrong here. The one question I have is, it is now February 12th. Revolution takes place on March 6th. What is Tony Khan's mentality? What is Tony Khan's thought process when it comes to Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa? Are we getting it at Revolution If it's on Revolution's card, we could be looking at one of the best cards in AEW history. Adam Cole versus Adam Page. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. We could get a triple threat match between Andrade 
and Darby and Sammy. Who knows what the ladder match is going to bring? Who knows what Jade Cargill is going to be doing? Who knows what the tag team championships are going to be? This may be leading towards Hater versus Martinez at the end of it all. This may lead to Jamie Hayter breaking away from Britt Baker and challenging Britt Baker for the championship before we get to Thunder Rosa. My question is, is Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa going to happen at Revolution or are they going to slow play this thing, give it a real feud and a real storyline and then pay it off at double or nothing? I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Is Revolution too quick to take the title off Brit? Maybe they do the match and we get the rematch at double or nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe we get a tag team match. Maybe we get Brit and Mercedes Martinez versus Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa. There's a couple of ways to go about it. A couple of ways to go about it. Is it too soon to do it at Revolution or do we do it at double or nothing? You guys let me know in the comment section. Let me know in the live stream chat. Hook. Hook defeated Blake Lee in two minutes. Blake Lee apparently was a star pupil of QT Marshall and the factory. This guy was taken care of quite easily. He was a former amateur wrestling champion. Doesn't really matter. Hook made him look like a fucking rookie in there. Hook absolutely dominated him and destroyed him on Rampage tonight. Flipped out of a hip toss attempt, suplexed Blake Lee. Marshall got on the apron to distract Hook. That did not help anybody. Hook avoided a crossbody attempt. Lee jumped off the rope, looked like a fucking geek, missing a crossbody. He suplexed Lee, locked in the red rum, and that was it. Hook taps out Blake Lee and leaves the ring. Cool, calm, and collected, and Atlantic City loved Hook. Where are my hookers at in the chat? Everybody loves Hook, man. Hook is looking. I said this to Jesse. Um, we were talking about this during the show tonight via tech. Hook is looking a little bit better each and every time, man. These are the things that we pay attention to. Hook is looking a little bit better compared to his first four or five matches. Very good, very smooth. He doesn't look out of place. Eventually, man, I'm seeing TNT title gold on Hook, man. I'm seeing Hook versus Darby. I'm seeing Hook versus Sammy, right? He's going to be he's gonna be a big deal, man. He's going to be a big deal. And Tony Khan, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people take it out and take their anger out on Tony Khan. They take their frustrations out on Tony Khan. Tony Khan is... Blasted in certain parts of the fucking Twitter realm. These fucking faceless, fucking brainless geeks. I can't think of a better booking job right now in all of AEW than the one that Tony Khan is doing with Hook. Perfect. Absolutely fucking perfect. He hasn't fucked anything up yet. Give the guy his fucking dues, man. Give Tony Khan some credit. He's handling this masterfully. Dynamite on Wednesday. Dynamite on Wednesday. Jacob in the chat, I see you. We're getting Hook versus QT Marshall at Revolution. You know what? I don't mind that. Get Hook in, in front of a live pay-per-view audience. I don't mind that at all, man. Match doesn't have to go more than four minutes. It's fine. 
have QT get some offense in there, have Hook destroy him, have Hook show up, beat him, leave. Goodbye. I love it. Absolutely love it. Dynamite next Wednesday, Inner Circle. We got Jericho and Hager versus Santana and Ortiz. Wardlow versus Max Caster in a Face of the Revolution ladder match qualifier. You guys know Wardlow's winning that one. That one is pretty much determined. Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez in a no DQ match. That's what I'm looking for. This is going to be a fucking war. It's going to be awesome. Lee Moriarty versus Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Oh, my goodness. What does Andrade El Idolo have to say about that one? Trent Beretta versus Jay White next week on Rampage. And Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Will Hobbs. That is going to be a revolution qualifying match as well for the ladder match. And Will Hobbs absolutely has to win that one. He has to. Can you imagine the face of the revolution ladder match consisting of Will Hobbs, Keith Lee, and Wardlow? Oh my goodness. That is a recipe for fucking carnage. Right there. Oh, my God. Should be awesome. Main event. Jurassic Express. This is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against the Gun Club. They retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. This was very good, man. This is legitimately... I don't watch Dark. I don't watch Dark. But the Gun Club looks very good, man. Very good. Little young... But they look good. And I love their attire, man. They had that old school fucking heartbreak. Kids, Shawn Michaels, early 90s wardrobe going on. They had the the vest with the cutoff sleeves and the chains interlaid in the leather. I love it. I love it, man. They looked great tonight. The Ass Boys against Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy was being beaten down here. He was in a chin lock. He took Austin Gunn out to the floor. Colton missed a splash. Hit a backdrop suplex on Jungle Boy after he failed to get a tag to Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy hit Austin with a super kick. Got the tag. The hot tag to Luchasaurus. Tossed around both of the gun boys. The ass boys. Luchasaurus then took both guns out with clotheslines. The guns ran away. And evaded a double choke slam to the floor. Jungle Boy hit both guns with a tope con hero over the top. Back in the ring, the Luchasaurus hit a moonsault for a near fall. Standing moonsault, which looked great. Austin hit the quick draw on Jungle Boy on the outside. Colton tried to get the pin with his feet on the ropes, but Christian broke up the pinfall Billy Gunn and Christian got into it on the floor. This distraction allowed Austin to hit Jungle Boy with one of the tag team belts behind Aubrey's back. He goes for the cover, and oh my goodness, I legitimately thought, because I don't read the spoilers, I legitimately thought the Gun Club were going to win the tag team championships off of this near fall with the title belt coming into play, man. Awesome, awesome near fall. For the gun club. They were so out of the match. They were shocked. 
that they did not get the victory there. So Jungle Boy and Austin took each other out with clotheslines. Luchasaurus pulled Colton out of the ring and chokeslammed him into the crowd on a bunch of plants. Christian hit Billy Gunn with a spear on the floor. That took that out of the equation. Austin went for a famouser on Jungle Boy, but he countered it into the kill switch, and he uses Christian's finishing move to get the pinfall and retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Got a great tag team match in the open, a very good tag team match at the end, and this was a very good episode of AEW Rampage on your Friday night, man. The quickest hour of pro wrestling in your weekly rotation. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. And I want to thank you guys for joining me on the podcast, man. I want to thank you guys so very much for joining me on Off The Script. We're going to go over your Super Chats in just a minute or two. I want to thank you guys for hanging out on Friday night. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. We are... A little bit more than about 250 away. Hit that thumbs up. We got 768 likes. If you're in the live stream chat and have not hit the thumbs up, please go and do that, man. It helps out the video tremendously. Let's go for 1,000 minimum on tonight's Off the Scripts for your SmackDown and Rampage coverage. Get your Super Chats in. It is last call at the bar, so make sure you guys go get your final beverage of the evening. Get those Super Chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show right now and go over them all. Hit the join button. You guys want to become VIPs? You guys get those emotes. You get those badges next to your name. You guys get your first round of drinks on me. Hit that join button and become a VIP right here on Off The Script inside the OTS venue. Go check out my sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. This Valentine's Day, script 20 for 20% off and that free shipping. It's manscaped.com. I want to thank them as always for being a great friend and a great sponsor of Off The Script. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We're about 150 away from 131,000 subscribers. And follow me on Twitter, man, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And also, Off The Script 412 is live on YouTube right now, this afternoon. Go check it out if you guys want more content from the best damn fucking podcast in the IWC. Let's start at the top, man. Tony Brown. My boy, Tony Brown, man. 499 Super Chat. Zia Lee is sexy, he says. Tony Brown's got some fine taste in ladies, man. I'll tell you that. My boy, Tony Brown. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Unlike years ago, tonight I did not watch SmackDown and I did not miss it at all. I bet the show was filled with rematches. Brian seemed upset. Moxley teamed with Punk. Yes. I hope this plays into something. I don't see what it is yet, but I love it. And you did not miss anything on SmackDown, Michelle. 75% of the show was rematch. Tony Brown with another 499 Super Chat. Bailey is so lucky with DMD. Oh, uh, Bay Bay. I don't know. I, I thought I read Bay, Bailey. I guess I really miss Bailey. 
Bay Bay is so lucky with DMD. Yes, he is, man. Adam Cole, Bay Bay. He's going to be your next AEW World Champion. I can't wait for Bailey to come back, man. God, that SmackDown and Raw Women's Division could use somebody like Bailey. Holy shit. Jesus with a 999 Super Chat. Seeing Adam Cole get body shamed for his height and physique really sets a bad taste in my mouth. Especially since he's one of the few people who praise WWE after joining AEW. Bro, I don't care about some fucking faceless fucking slob on social media, man. Why would anybody care about what anybody on social media says about Adam Cole? Adam Cole looks fine. He looks fine. This guy is one of the most genuine, nicest guys you could possibly meet. And I guarantee you he doesn't give a single lick of a shit about what anybody says about him on social media. He's making his money. He's going to be the world champion. He's got his Twitch channel. He's got uh, DMD next to him in bed every night. Fine. What does Adam Cole have to complain about, man? What does Adam Cole have to complain about? Fuck these people. Thank you, Jesus, with the 999 Super Chat. Lauren Hutton with two, two, and two. This is a $6 Super Chat. Naomi Ronda, Sonya Charlotte, Elimination Chamber. Yes. Keith Lee debut on AEW. Awesome. WWE fucked up on him. Yes. We all need a drink. Apple schnapps, please. Yes. Thank you, Lauren. Christian Shea with a 999 Super Chat. I love We Are the Warriors song. I'll play it for you tonight again, Christian. Thank you so much, brother. Lauren Hutton, and thank you for the six. Can't forget you, Lauren. Lauren with another $2 Super Chat and another $2 Super Chat. We'd love for you to book a perfect mania story and ruthless aggression attitude era 09 to 14 SmackDown Live 16 to 17. Yeah, those are pretty good years. Especially SmackDown 2016, man. I love that. MGM Bowen! Re-ups for four months. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. Didn't watch any wrestling tonight. Just came to hang out and listen to our savior spit truth. Wish me luck, OTS fam. Might be out of the friend zone soon. Uh-oh. You go do what you got to do, ballin'. We understand if you don't make it to the venue. But when you get out of the friend zone, man, your first round is on me. Tyrone Johnson with a 999 super chat. I don't care if people don't like your takes. One thing people can't say is that you're not entertaining. Been watching you for a year and a half, and you actually got me back into wrestling after I took eight years off. Tyrone, I appreciate that, bro. I never get comments like that on Twitter, man. It's mostly hate comments. Nobody knows. The, more, the less that they know, the better. Let everybody think what they want to think, really. 
everybody that came to the meet and greet in Atlantic City, you and everybody here, let them think what they want, man. I, I don't give a shit. I don't. I'm living my life the best life possible. I got everything I could possibly want. Fuck them. Christian Shea with a 1999 Super Chat. I wish I could meet you one day. Depends on where we are, Christian. I'll probably be in Vegas for Double or Nothing. I may be in Dallas, Texas for WrestleMania. I don't know. We'll see. Shakoy with a four-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, Shakoy. I asked for everyone to use Google to, sh- to search up Lethal Lovers and see what you get. Once again, it shows WWE needs to use Google. What am I looking up if I type in Lethal Lovers? Gwendolyn Gail Graham and Catherine May Wood are American serial killers convicted of killing five elderly women in Walker, Michigan, uh, Walker, Michigan, a suburb of Grand Rapids in 1987. Wow. Is that what they're calling uh, Humberto and Angel Garza? The lethal lovers? Thank you, Shakoy. But you always knew you'd be the one to work while they all uh, Nate TV in the chat. Are you still talking shit? Is Nate TV still talking shit? The IWC doesn't need to be saved by me, man. They don't want to be saved. I would rather watch it fucking burn to the ground. Drinking a cold beverage, and when it's on fire, you ain't getting nothing from me. I won't even piss on the fucking ashes. Fuck them. They don't want my help. They don't want to appreciate me. You guys can fucking lick my balls, man. I don't give a fuck. Nate TV, you got nine fucking toes out the fucking door right now, bro. Don't let me dump you. You're acting like a fucking asshole the last three days, man. Cut it out. Shakur, thank you, brother. Uh, Tyrek Jackson with two $5 Super Chats. I can accept Ronda in the meantime, I think. Everyone is freaking out. And everyone's freaking tired of Charlotte. Yes. Yes. And he says, hopefully we get Sasha versus Trish at WrestleMania, but I feel the buildup. To that may be too late. Bro, we're two months away from WrestleMania. Nothing is too late. Vince McMahon with a 499 super chat. I got the fucking boss. The CEO of WWE in my live stream chat, man. Look at this. Tonight, tonight's episode of Friday Night SmackDown is brought to you by Jesse's Tacos. I don't know what y'all are complaining about. This is some good shit, pal. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Vince McMahon. Brian Edwards with a five-month commitment to the VIP room. Thank you, Brian Edwards. 
I'm tired of seeing the same garbage on SmackDown every single week. Everybody is Brian. Everybody's sick and tired of it. VC Stallion with a 499 Super Chat. Love you, JD, but I disagree on Lacey. She's not bad in the ring, in my opinion, and she can talk, which is more important. I take Lacey over Natty any day. Lacey Evans sucks. The gimmick sucks. And Lacey is not a good pro wrestler, man. You guys have very, very low standards. Very low standards. It's not one thing I remember about Lacey Evans in her entire run. Nothing. VC Stallion also with a one eye denied super chat. If Bruce watches Omos, he will have a kiss cam segment. I could see Omos having a kiss cam. Omos has not been on the show since the Royal Rumble, man. I wonder what WWE is doing with big man Omos. Brian Edwards with a 499 Super Chat. How many rematches do we have to see every week? Brian Edwards, every single SmackDown you watch, there will be a rematch. Keep that in mind. They have no roster. You're going to get rematches every week. DC Stallion with a 499 Super Chat. Bruce watches Omos. He will have a kiss cam segment. And if WWE didn't break up so many tag teams, we'd have a decent tag team division. Yes. Yes. I wish that they would fix their tag team division, but I'm not holding my breath. EJ Garcia with $2 Super Chat. JD, I'd rather hear it from you. OTS for life. WWE socks. Thank you, EJ. I'd rather tell it. I'd rather you listen to me and hear it come from me than somebody else that's going to fucking give you shit, bro. Shakoy with a $2 super chat. By the way, Lethal Lovers is the nickname for Los Lotharios. Yes. I don't know why anybody would Google Lethal Lovers. I mean, but this is WWE, man. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Brian Edwards with a 199 Super Chat. Cesaro should have been world champion already. I agree. PC Stallion with a 199 Super Chat. Cesaro deserves the world title more than Big E did. Some may agree with you. Some may disagree with you. But he did deserve a world championship. Tommy Brannigan with a $5 Super Chat. Hashtag fire Bruce Pritchard. Yes. If I could make it go viral, I would. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. Hook is better than Dominic Mysterio in every way possible. Fucking right. Christian Shea with a $19.99 Super Chat. A $49.99 Super Chat. And a $99 Super Chat. Christian Shea, you fucking savage. It's Friday Night Smackdown would always be boring. OTS for life. CM Punk would always be my second favorite wrestler in AEW behind John Moxley. Christian Shea is the VIP of the evening. Everybody toast to Christian Shea, man. Everybody toast to Christian Shea. Let me see those beer emojis in the chat, man. Let's toast to Christian Shea. What a fucking beast. 
Thank you so much, brother. Omega Kong with a $50 super chat. What's up, JD? Hope all is well. Again, great show to cheer me up. I'm content with Brian Danielson training Jake Cargill. She's getting a little better every match. I love to see the long-term results. Cheers to you and the OTS family. Thank you, Omega Kong. Jade is getting slowly but surely where she needs to be. She has a good match, and then she takes a couple of steps back. Has a good match, has a couple of steps taken back. It's going to work out, man. She's training with Brian. It's going to work out. You just got to be patient. We got to be patient. I appreciate you and Christian Shea, man. That's a lot of money. Thank you guys very much. Christian Shea with another super chat, man. This guy's a fucking savage tonight. Holy shit. A $4.99, a $9.99, and a $19.99 super chat. He says, send Hook for life. Wardlow is my third favorite wrestler in AEW. And then a $19.99 super chat. He doesn't even leave a message. Yo, what do you want to drink tonight, Christian? You want you want a shot of uh, what do you want a shot? What do you want a shot of? JMO, Terramana, what do you want? The top shelf shit, man. It's very expensive. Adam Johnston with a Canadian $5 super jack. Great stuff as usual. Dying when AEW eventually comes to Canada, especially Winnipeg, to end the monopoly of WWE live shows in Canada. Hashtag long-term booking for life. I think AEW will eventually come to Canada, man. I don't know what the restrictions are like up there, but uh, when uh, things hopefully die down, I think we will see AEW in Canada in the next two years for sure. Uh, Omega Kong, whatever you want, brother. Whatever you want to do, man. You want the cognac? What do you want, bro? What do you and Christian want? I got the top shelf shit, man. What are you fucking young kids drinking nowadays, man? Robert Grimsley with a $10 super chat. How do you feel about a Sasha and Trish match at WrestleMania? Is there a story there? And is it really marketable and worth it? Uh, Robert, I talked about that on the podcast this afternoon, OTS 412. Uh, Trish was one of my ideas about possibly being the other star attraction that WWE has brought in to replace Shane McMahon. So we will see what happens there. I said maybe Trish versus Sasha, Lita versus Sasha. Maybe it's the Bella Twins. Maybe it's the Bella Twins versus Zelina and Carmella winning the women's tag team titles. I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, Robert, with the $10 super chat. Would it be marketable, though? Probably. Anything with Sasha is really marketable. I think Sasha could tell a great story with Trish. Oos Smith with a $2 super chat. JD, do you think Nonpoint is a good band or was? Fuck them. They suck. Nonpoint is emo trash. Jericho, 8131 with a $10 Super Chat. Kane was world champion for 24 hours in 1998, and it took him 12 years to win another. Big E deserved better. Kane deserved better. Much love, bro. 
You're always a key part of my week. Thank you, Jericho. I appreciate you, brother. As always, man. Yes, there are plenty of opportunities to go look at that WWE title list and pick out anybody that you thought deserved a better opportunity, man. Now, but we're all crying for fucking Big E. The show is as bad as ever in the history of the show, and everybody's crying to make Big E the WWE champion. VC Stallion with a 199 Super Chat. Lee was done dirty in WWE. Hope AEW does him right. Oh, he will. He will get done right, and Tony Khan's going to take care of him, bro. Believe me. John Thompson with a 999 Super Chat. Acknowledge the IWC Tribal Chief. Keep doing what you do, brother. Thank you so much, John Thompson. As always, man. Christian Shea with a 1999 Super Chat. Vince McMahon needs to get fired. He's making WWE a living hell to watch every Raw and SmackDown. Christian, you keep dropping these truth bombs, bro. Round is on me. Uh, yeah, listen, Jesse, get uh, get Christian Shea and me a uh, double shot of bullet bourbon, bro. Over here, come on. Okay. Fucking guy. Put the fucking tacos down, clown. This fucking guy. This guy's got fucking tacos on the brain. This guy gives out taco ratings every fucking week. What's wrong with you? Nobody wants to see that shit. I got a surprise for Jesse possibly coming at House of Glory. I got two surprises for you coming to House of Glory, bro. Two. Julian Torres. 199 Super Chat. No message. What's going on, Julian? No fucking message, Julian. Don't be shy around here. The fuck's wrong with you? Go put it in the tip jar, man. Issa needs it to get back to the States. Christian Shea with another 49.99 super chat. Jesus Christ, Christian. Might as well give you half the fucking lease to the fucking goddamn bar. I don't drink. I would never drink. All right, listen. I'll order you a drink and I'll drink. Is that okay with you? What do you want? A Shirley Temple? What do you want? Cherry Coke? What do you want? What are you fucking young kids now drinking nowadays, man? The soda pop. What are you drinking? Mountain Dew. Matthew Malnar with a 499 Super Chat. You think AW will eventually make their way to Michigan? The fuck is in Michigan? Why would AEW need to go to Michigan? I don't think Michigan is a real wrestling market, Matthew Malnar. Omega Kong with a $50 Super Chat. Bro, you weren't kidding, man. You got one more in you. Holy shit. Come out to Double or Nothing in Vegas. Me and my boys are driving from Phoenix. First drinks on me. By the way, I'm simple. Malibu rum and Coke. The combo tastes like a Cinnabon. Trust me. Omega Kong, listen, bro. 
That's the Justin Labar special, bro. One SummerSlam weekend, I went out with Labar, bro. He only drinks Malibu and Coke. I looked at him. I'm like, are you fucking serious? I'm out with you, and this is what you're drinking? Everywhere we go, I went to my bar. I went to a Peculiar Pub in New York City, one of my favorite places. He sits there, I'll get a Malibu and Coke. I'm like, bro, they got 500 bottles on the menu, and you're ordering a fucking Malibu and Coke. What the fuck is wrong with you, brother? Yo, Jesse, by the way, you know what? Dump the Malibu, bro. We don't want that pussy shit in the venue. We get to dump the Malibu, man. Please. Please. Yeah, save a bottle for Issa. She likes it. But dump it. Get rid of it. Nobody wants that shit here. We got a $4.99 super chat by Boogie Down. Going to my first AEW event, March 23rd. I'm so stoked. Stay blessed, JD. You're going to have a good time, Boogie Down. They usually knock it out of the park, man. They got a great live show. Does AEW. That's all I got, guys. That's all I got. I hope you guys enjoyed the post show tonight, man. Had a good time. The show sucked, man. I tell you, what, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I I am finding it a little bit more difficult to do Friday nights. I have to do Friday nights because it's a part of the weekly schedule. But Jesus Christ, bro. SmackDown is fucking awful. Yeah, Jesse, I'm going to leave you to uh, sweep the floor and empty the cigarettes uh, out in the trash, man. I got people still smoking in the venue. I don't know why. I got signs all over the place. Don't smoke. Don't smoke. No smoking allowed. I got fucking geeks in here smoking, bro. There's no vape. Okay? There's no cigarettes. You want to go do the Matt Riddle shit? Go, uh, go talk to Bob behind the venue, man. He's sitting by the dumpster. He's lonely tonight. He's lonely tonight. Go talk to him. Yeah, Friday nights suck, man. Friday nights are terrible. But anyway, uh, listen, there's OTS412 on the channel right now. Go and check that out. Reverend David Thompson, thank you so much, man. I see the uh, super chats coming in on the touchscreen panel on the Mustang. Uh, I want to know why AEW signed AQA before Tony Storm. Because Tony Storm is probably already signed, sealed, and delivered. And... Tony Khan has a plan to debut Tony Storm. Patience. Davey Thompson. Patience. Uh, OTS412 on the channel. Go check it out, man. I'll uh, I'll remind you guys again. Tomorrow, House of Glory. If you guys are going to come to the show, Jason Solomon, a.k.a. the Solomonster, and myself will be doing commentary. Come say hello. Don't be shy. I also, I also accept, and Jason does as well, rum and cokes. So if you guys want to uh, come bearing cold beverages, we will not be shying away from those. Twitter, Instagram, at JD from NY206. So go follow me on social media. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes on the live stream. At this point, it's uh, a fail. So thank you, guys. Uh, You want to know how I know SmackDown sucks, but I can't even get 1,000 likes on Friday night. And go check out Manscaped, man. Manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. Guys, I'm getting out of here. I'll see you at House of Glory. I'll see you back in the venue on Monday for Raw. I need two things before I get out of here, though, man. I need those guitar emojis and my VIPs. 
those Mustang emojis, and then I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys tomorrow at House of Glory and then Monday back in the OTS venue live for the Monday Night Raw post show on Off The Scripts. I'll see you guys later.